All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. This is Stoppage Time with Footwork, highlighting some of the best moments from episodes. And today we're joined by soccer professional Matt Mahoney of Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC of the USL Championship, the second tier in American soccer. Matt has played in the USL since 2017, forging a career named for himself based on determination, respect, commitment, and being the hardest worker in the room. Check it out, let us know what you think, and remember the full episode is available just below this one. Find more at footwork.club, the official website of everything Footwork Podcast. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. So what does making your own path mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's doing, you know, specifically for soccer and football for myself, it's been kind of just trying to find the, the joy in it and doing what you have to do to get to where you want to be. Uh, I mean, as you know, you, you've been doing this podcast for a bit, and, and the longer we play, the more people we know and realize how small the soccer world is. Everyone's kind of got a different path to making it professionally. So for me, it was the academy level, you know, which is being introduced as we were kids uh, to college, uh, undrafted, just fortunate to be able to go to a tryout and you know, perform well and sign from there. And then had, was fortunate to be with my coach now, still that signed me originally. So making your own path is literally about kind of doing what you have to do and grinding to get to where you want to be. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all never where we want to be. I'm sure we'd be wanting to be in the prem or, or for mm-hmm. us, even MLS or a higher level. Um, but sometimes it is what it is. So it's finding the joy in the, in the little things and just being happy that we're still able to play and do what we love. So we have a lot of listeners here in Germany. We've had some guests on as well who've um, started their careers in professional academies. So I think it's a great kind of thing to show uh, maybe some similarities, some differences, because you grew up, you played some, some years in the Red Bulls Academy. So what was that process like for you between training, games, you know, schedule, making you better, both on the field, mentally prepar- prepar- preparing for it? What was yeah. your experience like? I firmly believe if I didn't play for the Red Bull Academy growing up, uh, I wouldn't be where I am now. I mean, it completely changed my life. Uh, you know, from your own experience up in the Hudson Valley, like there's n- there's no really academy system and it's just local clubs. There's not really mm-hmm. a good foothold to get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, I ended up traveling to Jersey for three years and then I got cut actually the my 16th year and ended up playing for Gachi, which was still an academy team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I obviously don't know much about the German system, but for me, I think at the time it was the place to, to be for, you know, someone that's trying to make it to the next level because ODP was kind of, you know, dwindling away and yeah. local clubs weren't good enough. But in terms of professionalism, I remember some of the experiences I had going there and it made me realize like, oh, like things that really matter, like taking care of yourself off the field, um, how you show up and train every day, like the mentality you have. And it really teaches you to be kind of like a young professional. And I think that's even more accelerated today because a lot of clubs like the the union, for example, I saw when I played with the steel that they have their YSC Academy and their like little residency program where people can actually live there. And it's like they school is basically non-existent, but they basically breathe and live soccer. So it's kind of developing pretty. I, I'm kind of jealous, actually. Yeah, um, me too. That, that's why we talk about make your own path like every path is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I firmly believe without the academy system and kind of the coaches at the Red Bull. Uh, growing up, I wouldn't be where I am now. And what was the schedule like that? Yeah, the schedule, uh, we trained, I believe, like three times a week. 
three or four times a week. And then we had our games on the weekends. So, it, I mean, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. I would obviously go to school during the day. We would train at eight and eight o'clock at night, get done usually around 10 and I was getting home around midnight and then you start over, over the next day. Um, but it was grueling, but I honestly loved it. Like back, I mean, I still live and breathe soccer, but back then it was like a dream come true. I mean, we had a really good group of 95s, like guys that a bunch of guys that are still current professionals now. Um, and so I, I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't have been where I am with, without the Red Bull Academy. And I think the professionalism at the time they, they were and still are, they're gaining their kind of peak back. But like mm-hmm. that just Marsh area in the air before when Thierry Henry was coming in, like I remember looking up at like Juan Pablo Angel back in the day when he was the Red Bull striker and thinking like, this is where I want to be. Cause we had, we got to have experiences of being around those guys. And I think it, it makes a world of a difference. We talk a little bit about trials. It's like, you really need to um, expose your best self throughout. You can't be afraid to lose the ball. You can't be afraid to get on the ball. You can't be afraid to be vocal and show, all aspects of your game so do you remember how how you how you did in that and like how you showcased yourself I remember like it was yesterday uh so first and foremost I tried to control my controllables like being the as fit as you can so you go in you know you don't know what the professional game is like because you haven't been around as much so I was like I'm gonna be as fit as I possibly can so obviously I did all the strength training and and stuff leading up to that and so I went in and kind of the way the the two teams worked back then, and I'm sure they do now, is you have a lot of trialists in preseason. So you have maybe like seven, eight signed guys, which is what we had at the time. And then you have academy guys that are playing with you and then other guys that are just filling in preseason slots to get numbers for preseason games and whatnot. So I didn't know that heading into it. I just thought, oh, I'm going in, uh, you know, I'm going to just, you know, grind and grind and grind and try my best until I realized I was pl- I was 21 at the time. I was playing with a bunch of 17, 18-year-old guys. So I was like, what, what am I nervous for? I mean, yeah, these kids are good. But at the same time, like, they're still young academy kids. Like, they're not getting paid to do this. So there's no reason to be nervous. So, like, I just, I mean, I just went in with the mindset that I'm, I'm going to go play confidently because at the end of the day, if, you know, you just want to say that you were able to to do everything that you could have during the trial. And so if you go in and you're nervous, then you're not going to be able to play your best. You're going to be making mistakes that you normally wouldn't mentally and physically and things like that. So I think it is a tough mindset to adapt and to have, but I think mm-hmm. it's necessary. You have to kind of believe in yourself to go in there and be able to perform the best you can. Now using that same theme on games and everything now, is it the same kind of mindset going into this and, and, yeah. you know, being able to be in a space where you can showcase your best self in a game and help the team. Yeah. I think I'd say it's honestly a little, a little different now in terms of now that I, I mean, I, I don't know how many exactly I have, but I might have like one, one fifteen or one twenty games so far in the USL. Nice, yeah. So now it's just telling myself that I've been here before and I've done, and I've played against the best in the league guys that have been in the MLS and at higher levels and that I know I can do this. Whereas back then it was trying to prove to myself that I can, where I was like, I want to prove that I can play with these guys and that not getting drafted, that they were wrong not to draft me, uh, that I deserve to be at a better school and things like that. And I still believe that to this day. I, I try to adapt that mindset for, you know, new guys coming in. We're always – we have, you know, a competitive team, guys that you're competing with for playing time all the time. And so I think to adapt that mindset that you're always trying to get better and to kind of hold the grudge for yourself for not being at maybe a higher level that you think you should be at and always trying to strive for that. So I think it's a little different, but kind of the same. Yeah. And what were some of the changes you noticed going into the professional uh, environment compared to college? Uh, how not nice people were to put, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
so at the time I had, I mean, obviously I was playing with young guys, but there was an older guy on the team that was 29 at the time. That's actually not one of my assistant coaches, James Chambers. And he taught me so much playing. So he was our kind of leader, Irish guy. So a very colorful language at the time, but just kind of taught me the ropes of, of how you need to survive in the game. And if you look at the guys that make it to the higher levels, they're not nice guys all the time. Maybe off the field they are. But to get to a certain level, you kind of got to be a jerk on the field and act a certain way, especially in a certain positions, to either showcase yourself or show you're not getting bullied. Because, I mean, if you show any weakness in the field, people are going to capitalize on that. So if you, you know, if you're not tough, especially as a defender or somebody and you're going against, I mean, this is a ridiculous example, but like a Mo Salah or something like that, he has any weakness, like you're done for. Yep. We have a lot of aspiring pros who listen to this. It's a very difficult question because it's such a long game and there's different things thrown at you. But in general, do you have some major tips for guys who want to go pro and stay pro? Yeah, I think it's you always have to have the mindset of being the hardest worker in the room. And that should, and I think that should never go away because I think like watching, I mean, watching enough soccer now throughout my life and, and kind of being at the pro level and playing with guys that have been in the MLS and other levels is that there's not really that much of a difference between if you make it in the USL, there's only a little bit, you know, in terms of making it to the MLS that you need. And so I think if you adopt the mindset as a young kid of, you know, always be the hardest work in the room, then I think that will get you farther than any talent will. I mean, I know there's plenty of sayings out there about, you know, talent and hard work, whereas, you know, working hard beats talent all the time. If talent doesn't work hard, I don't know the exact saying. I think, I, know plenty, I think that's the exact same. I, I know plenty of guys growing up that were much more talented than mm -hmm. me when we were younger, but aren't playing mm -hmm. now because they either just lost a desire or didn't have it mentally. And I firmly believe that the mental side of the game is equally, if not more important than the physical side, because it's long seasons. I mean, you're obviously you're out of the country for a long period of time away from the family, which isn't easy. And, you know, we're across the country, different areas. So I think to be able to, we talked about, you know, getting away, have, you know, a little break from soccer as well as kind of a strong support system helps. And then mm -hmm. just being able to, to fight through the rigors of if you get an injury, if you're not playing, I mean, you have to realize it happens to everyone. And so yeah. this game not for somebody that's kind of mentally soft. And so if you adopt the hardest working attitude from being a kid, I think it'll take you pretty far. Connections. Uh, we preach about it all the time on this podcast, how important it is to um, get moves to other teams, uh, helping other players get to your team that you want to build on your roster when you become maybe in a higher position in the team. How have you built connections throughout your career? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's how a lot of guys end up. Sometimes we talk about how did this guy end up at a certain level where you didn't think he was that good of a player and you talk about connections like, oh, he knew this guy. So that's where I'm fortunate to be where I am now because of my connection that I made with these coaches my first year playing. And now, you know, I'm playing well on a very good team in the USL because of them. So I think connections are, are a huge part and it could, and I'm hoping the same thing leads to my post career. I mean, I don't necessarily know if I want to coach, but with my kinesiology degree, I've always known I've wanted to stay around athletes and maybe work in professional sports. And so having these connections and the longer you play in a league, the more people, you know, so other coaches know me around the league, other players, um, just like we're able to do this podcast now it's through connections. So I think being open-minded, whether it's helping a player get to your team that is young or that's somebody that you know um, that is just helping them out, connecting with your coach, or it's using that for yourself. I mean, I remember when I was an intern, because I got to know some of the Philadelphia Union guys at the time, I was reaching out to them on social media asking, you know, what their path was to the pros to see, 
if there are any similarities or if there's anything I wasn't doing to, to get to that level. So mm-hmm. I think if any, any connection, and I actually, I mean, I'm sure you guys are the same. I have guys that reach out to me on Instagram all the time, you know, asking if they have slots that are open on this team and they, they don't necessarily understand how it works. So you can't just come to the team and walk on like it's, you know, an open trial somewhere, but yeah. at least I give them credit for trying and I'll try to help them mm-hmm. in any way I can because that's how I got my chance. If I didn't have yeah. connections, I wouldn't be playing right now. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's funny because some guys don't know how it works, but it's, you, you shoot your shot, I guess, at the end of the day, we, yeah. we, we have a thing like uh, on our website where we'll give like free consultations to anyone who wants to know about like getting into Europe. Cause we've yeah. been here for, for so long now, especially in Germany, we know a lot about Germany. So yeah. we know visas, we know teams, we know contracts, we know leagues, you know, so we encourage people to shoot their shot. Say again. Yeah, no, I said it's just invaluable information that you get from experience. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you might not have had somebody that you know you could. I don't know if you did, but somebody that you could talk to that was playing in Germany at the time that could teach you about that stuff. Whereas you probably learned a lot of it just through experience. Whereas now exactly. you can help other people and give them an extra leg up. Exactly. exactly. So one last thing before the fast feet round, we talk a lot about in this podcast about having a direction and not necessarily an end goal. So Mm. for us, Sean and I, one of our directions has always been to be the best footballer we can be, the best soccer player we can be, the best all-around person we can be, and then the rest will kind of fall into place. These are the controlling the controllables. So, I mean, I know you said you didn't really know exactly what you want to be after football, but even with the rest of your football career, can you share with us some of your directions and ambitions? Yeah, I think we we honestly we kind of share a similar mindset in in that regard. Um, for me, it's things focusing on as I'm getting older now, being a good leader for a lot of the younger guys. Because a lot of the younger guys we bring in, some of them that are 17, 18, they don't want to be playing in the USL forever. They want to get to the MLS and they want to get to the next level, and we and we know that. And so it's just trying to kind of help them in like in the best way you can to try to be the best versions of themselves. And that actually I think helps you in the end too, because you learn a lot from them that you maybe didn't think you could realize even though they're young guys. And then you're obviously learning from older guys as well. So I think, I mean, it's a little cliche and corny, but it is all about the journey. And so if you stop or if you stop and think about it, like sometimes you think, wow, like look at where I am right now from all the hard work, even though you want to be at a higher level, you know, you always have to be thankful about where you are and how you got here and, and things like that. So I think people that focus on the end all the time, maybe are missing a lot of the parts in the middle. So as we get older, if you were to ask me to set the same question five years ago, I probably would have said something else because now I have different experience and perspectives from playing um, for my six years now. So I think it's just being able to have an open mind and kind of always trying to learn and just enjoy the process. Otherwise, you know, you'll blink and we'll be 35 years old and be done playing, you know? We're definitely going to clip that one. That was, yeah. that was a great <laughs> clip to end there right there. Perfect. Yeah. Fast feet, fast feet round. We're going to do ones that have, I mean, you can divulge as much as you want, but usually the answers come a little bit quicker. So favorite player growing up and favorite player now? So favorite player growing up, uh, this, this was a tough one. I saw in the email you sent me. It was a combination of Donny Alves and Nemanja Vidic. So growing up, like Donny Alves, obviously, was playing right back. I was playing, I was thinking, this guy is just one of the best right back I'd ever seen with his feet. But he was also playing on the best team in the world. But Nemanja Vidic had that, like, craziness, that anger to him as a center back. Um, so right now I look at like Van Dyke and Ruben Diaz as I play mostly center back 
I look at those two guys and be like, they impact their team significantly and it made them better. So I try to emulate and kind of be like that. What about your favorite moment in football? Uh, besides signing my, my pro contract, my first contract was my first playoff win back in 2018. You know, like I said, it was one of my favorite years. We were down in Pittsburgh playing a game and we ended up taking it to penalty kicks. I took the sixth kick. You know, I made it, and then we ended up winning on PKs. And I just remember the bus ride back five hours, and we were all drinking. It was a great time, and I'll never forget that moment. Amazing. Most difficult moment? Most difficult moment, I would go back to being cut from Red Bulls back when I was 16. I know it seems like a long time ago, but it was my first big, you know, kind of tribulation and negative thing that happened to me in soccer, first time getting cut. And so I think it really shaped and changed who I was and how I looked at soccer. Such an impressionable age, too. So it's like – it's it's so good that it affected you in that way that just made you push even more. I agree. The best advice you ever received? Best advice I ever received is, well, we talked about being the hardest worker in the room. So I'll change it a little bit is like, you have to have a short memory. So one of the guys I played with, I think this is one of the next, one of your next questions was best player uh, played with. In my opinion, his name is Deco Keenan. Um, he played for the Israeli national team, played for Maccabi Haifa most of his career, and actually played in the Prem for maybe one or two years, um, but was older when I started playing with him at SAC. And he taught me so many things about mentality uh, in terms of, you know, forgetting the mis forgetting mistakes you have. And as a defender, you're going to get scored on. So it's kind of having a short memory and moving on to the next play. Mm -hmm. Be a goldfish. Was it? That was from, I don't know if you guys ever saw Ted Lasso, but yeah, it was like one of the things to be a goldfish. <laughs> Great show. Um, Favorite place you've lived? Sorry, say that again. You cut out for a second. Favorite place you've lived so far? Oh, I would go Sac for sure. Sacramento. Yeah. I mean, it was Northern California, so there were no beaches. But, I mean, it was 90 degrees and sunny every day. Like, you couldn't beat it. And you had access to San Francisco, which was a couple hours away. And, I mean, mm -hmm. it's hard, hard to beat California. I mean, Philly. Philly I loved, but uh, – it was a little more dangerous, a little dirtier and things like that. So I have a very personal connection with Philly and I love it yeah. from my four years of school and then playing two years there. But mm. I, I really enjoyed SAC. Mm. Favorite place to travel? Uh, to play or just in general? Just in general. In general. So I haven't traveled many places, but I have on my bucket list to go to England during like uh, during the December uh, Boxing Day windows and things like oh, that. Yeah. To a bunch of games. I think that would be the best time to go. And I've never seen a Prem game live. So I'm definitely going to – I've got that on my bucket list. Do you have a favorite away stadium that you played at? Ooh, I mean, besides Cincinnati, uh, I mean, I, I think SAC was one of the best ones I played in. But Phoenix is always a good environment. You go there, they always have a good amount of fans. Uh, playing in Tampa was good. So there are a bunch of ones in the USL. But I think my best one was we played Open Cup in 2019 at San Jose Stadium. And I remember that was my first time playing against an MLS team and in an atmosphere. I mean, it wasn't a great atmosphere. It was an open cup game on like a Wednesday night. But I mean, just playing in the stadium with the great grass against like good players, you know, was unforgettable. Best player you ever played against? So I wish I could say Raul because I played for Jersey Express for PDL and we ended up playing the Cosmos when he was playing mm -hmm. for them uh, in the open cup, like third round. But he obviously was on the bench, so I can't say him. But I'd say somebody that has, like, the best, rep like, reputation. And I played against Chris Wanolowski in that game in San Jose, obviously leading MLS goal scorer. He was obviously past his prime. But I played with guys that have been on the, you know, the U.S. World Cup team. Last year I played with Jose Torres, who played in the World Cup 2010, a guy that played for um, 
I think it was Denmark and Thomas Ender Volson. So I played with a lot of good players, fortunately. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. Uh, I think I'd be working somewhere in sports performance with athletes. I don't know if it would necessarily be with the pro team, but mm-hmm. I would, it would be with high high level athletes that you know want to work hard and, and get better, either just with soccer or just in the gym or a combination of both. Favorite book? See, I I've, I referenced it earlier. Uh, I read the book Culture Code. I can't remember the, the author at this moment. But we talked about uh, being culture of the team and how important like, leadership is. And that's what that book talks about. And it taught me a lot about how to sp- kind of speak to people and how important culture within a team is. And then another one is the power of habit. I can't remember the author of that one either. But that one kind of just it, it taught you how to get out of bad uh, loops that you're in, how to develop good habits, um, things like that. Just making a note here because we have a, yeah. another list with all the books that we, the, we and the guests recommend. And it's such a great uh, list to see, like, yeah. it's such a great list to see all the things. And then we go in and I'm have a few that I've just ordered too. So that yeah, was culture awesome. code and power of habit. We'll find the authors. That won't be too hard. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, any quote that you live by? No, I, I just like be the hardest work in the room. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's what I like to live by. I've never been a huge, like uh, philosophical quote type of person, but I've always felt like if you're the hardest work in the room, then at least you can go at the end of the day and, Say, I've done everything for this game. Even if you're not the best player, just always try to be the best you can, you know? I feel like that's going to be the, the title for this episode. I feel like yeah. it's, it's just been a, be. a constant theme, and I really like that. Just be the – it's a good mantra, even if it's not just a quote, you know? It's like yeah. it's, something, it's something that embodies you. Be the hardest worker in the room. And, yeah, and it's so applicable even to outside of soccer, you know? Exactly. Whether it's something mm-hmm. you're a hobby or, you know, something you're planning for the future, it can apply to so many different things. Absolutely. Matt, we want to thank you so much for coming on, joining the club here, footwork. Um, we can't wait to see how this rest of the season goes. 16 games left with uh, Colorado switchbacks. We're hoping for a nice playoff run and hopefully the first silverware, right? That's the goal. Appreciate it, guys. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands that make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 